are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a January 17th Wednesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the show. We are back once again. The Blazers had a game last night. That's the first thing we'll talk about that we'll we'll talk about on this episode. We'll also talk about Dame getting a little disrespect from the folks over in Bristol at ESPN. Apparently they forgot something about him. And then we'll look ahead to Friday's or Thursday's game, excuse me, against the Indiana Pacers and take a little bit of a closer look since the last time you saw the Pacers. It was... uh, Early, it was like mid-October last time, so we'll we'll catch you up on on how they've been, what they're doing, what kind of team they are, and what to expect on Thursday night. And the Blazers lost or won, excuse me. Sorry, I, I I've been in such a you know this has been it's been just such a cadence lately that I that I couldn't even stop myself. But they actually won last night, one eighteen, one eleven. In Portland over the Phoenix Suns, the Blazers had a monster 27-point lead in the second half, but Devin Booker scored 21 straight points in the fourth quarter to make things slightly interesting at the end. I think the, 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 the Suns simply just ran out of time, and Portland, with an otherwise really strong, you know, I, th- I thought pretty good defensive game for the most part, give up 39 in the fourth quarter to kind of ruined that but uh so it wasn't the complete feel-good win that I think it could have been but the Blazers take care of business and they beat a team that they're supposed to beat which has been a struggle this year and I think the biggest story actually from this game was not the game itself Damian Lillard had a great performance CJ McCollum had a great performance that's uh you know that that that's pretty standard around here, but it it should be noted that those guys played uh, really well last night. They they torched the Suns. Dame shot fifty eight percent from the field, four of eight from three. CJ had six three pointers, six of ten. He had twenty seven. Dame had thirty one, and uh, Al Farouk Aminu hit four three pointers as well. So they were just barraging the. Suns from three they had 17 makes they shot 48 percent from behind the three-point line but I think the story that I want to talk about the most when it comes to this game is something that happened in the first half of the game in the second quarter and that was that after playing six minutes in his first shift Yusuf Nurkic did not play in the second quarter and finish out the quarter. Terry Stotts actually went with Myers Leonard instead. And there was not uh, any, you know, real clarity on this, but Jason Quick was talking about it after the game that it may have been a message 
you know, to say that to to Nurkic, hey, you know, playing time is not guaranteed. And I think that's probably the best theory. And we're we're about three weeks here from the trade deadline, mind you. So maybe it's a little bit of a wake up call to Nurkic or something because Nurkic has not had the season that I think many hoped, especially on the interior, getting offensive boards, making easy buckets, you know, being kind of a garbage man out there the way Ed Davis is, but he's a little bit bigger. So, you know, he doesn't get pushed around as much. And, uh, for the most part, he hasn't done that. He did that last night. He got some offensive boards, and and, and that helps. And and he's been really solid on the defensive end. But he had some turnovers in that first shift. I think he had two turn two turnovers, one rebound, and no points in his first shift in the first quarter. And then Terry Stotts decided to bench him in the first half. But then uh, in the second half, they came out. Nurkic was back on the floor. Dame tried to set him up early and kind of get him involved. And and Dame always kind of good about making sure that guys that could kind of fall off the the wagon, so to speak, with, you know, the team goals and things that are going that aren't going their way. He's done this with Mo Harkless in the past. And, and, And on the floor, he did it with Nurk last night. This is a really interesting thing to watch, and I think it could perhaps be something that Stotts goes to if Nurkic isn't playing well early in the game to say, "Hey, you know, you have to, you have to bring it. Your spot is not guaranteed." I, I, the marketing for the team in the past year, uh, and the way we've talked about it as well. I mean, I've even written about it that that it at the end of last season it seemed like Portland had. A little bit of a big three, but Nurkic is definitely not on the level uh, that he was at that time, and he's not in an he's not in an unassailable position where his 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 spot is guaranteed. He just hasn't played that well to guarantee a spot. And and you see Zach Collins coming on strong. You see what Ed Davis does every night, and you you. You see that it, you know it, it, the Blazers have other options at center, and and Myers Leonard for all of his struggles, you know he can come out there and he can set screens and he can shoot the three. And and, and if the Blazers are trying to jumpstart their offense, you know maybe this is something that they go to. But I think more so than than Myers's ability to shoot the ball, it's it's sending a message to Nurkic that hey, you know you you have to play well for us to trust you and for you to earn your playing time because we're in the middle of a playoff battle. We, you know, the Blazers, they're looking at it as saying like, Hey, we're, we were on the outskirts of the playoff race last night before the game started. And they have stumbled at so many junctures that almost show signs of immaturity. And then when you look at the rest of the team, I mean, Nurkic is the youngest guy in the starting lineup. So you put the pieces together like, hey, you know, maybe Nurkic doesn't with the the stamina and, and the focus more mostly the mental stamina, I think, is the, the issue for him. And I, I think it was a little bit of a wake up call last night from Terry Stotts that he said, hey, you know, just because you're the starter doesn't guarantee you playing time. And I think it's a really interesting thing to watch. And I think it's 
really something that uh, is going to be something important because Nurkic, if anything, has been the guy, I think, I know people point at Evan Turner, but Nurkic's finishing in the middle was a problem before Evan Turner started, and they've actually been quite good with Turner in the starting lineup. So I know that my pal Corbin believes that it's that it's more of an Evan Turner thing than a Nurkic thing, but Nurkic just hasn't been very good offensively. And I think whether it's getting offensive rebounds, playing a little bit harder, Whatever it is on the offensive end, I, I do think that there is some some things to be desired on some nights. And I think on those nights, I think Stotts is starting to show, hey, we're halfway through the season. We're in the middle of a playoff race with four teams, and we could be one of the ones left out of the playoffs. And you've got to get it together at some point. So uh, we're going to talk about Dame getting disrespected by ESPN in a second, but if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast, Locked On Blazers, is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 8 and 44. So if you want men between 18 and 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable, so email me at LockedOnBlazers at gmail.com to find out. And, of course, it is Wednesday, so that means it's Draft Wednesday here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Come play with us on the Draft app. It's super easy. You get a money-back guarantee when you sign up and use promo code LONBA. It's the best fantasy sports app out there. It's super fun. It's super easy. You win, you draft, and you get paid the next day. Very easy, very seamless. Also, there's no salary cap site, so you don't have to worry about professionals that are coming in there with all these different calculations and algorithms and all this stuff like like on some other sites. And it's just you and, and four other people drafting a team of five guys, and it's really fun. And we have a game every week for the Locked On Podcast Network, so come play with us, and maybe if we get enough of you interested, you can play with me, and we'll have our own Locked On Blazers draft uh soon so let me know and use the draft app go into the app store type in draft and use promo code l-o-n-b-a to get a free entry on your first sign up so please play with us on draft so as i mentioned segment we re- we have here damian lillard being disrespected by the folks at ESPN. What else is new? The All-Star balloting is going to come out tomorrow on Thursday on TNT. Dame is not going to be a starter as we are used to here. And he will, I mean, it's going to be tough because the Blazers have not played very well, but if they finish strong here before the coach vote portion, maybe uh, he has a better chance. He has played better. I think he has a really good shot at making it this year as an all-star. You know, guys like Lou Williams have made kind of a charge lately, but this is not about the all-star disrespect. Dame just getting regularly disrespected yesterday by the mothership over in Bristol ESPN who created a graphic to celebrate that Lori Markinen of the Chicago Bulls became the fastest player in NBA history to make 103 pointers in his career doing it in 41 games he did that on Martin Luther King Jr. day and ESPN made a little graphic with 
all the players prior to that that had been on there, guys like Ray Allen, guys like Stephen Curry. But the guy that they, that Markkanen actually passed for that mark was noticeably absent, and that was Damian Lillard. And Lillard uh, talked about that uh, on his Twitter page and, and kind of did the, the, you know, the face palm, shaking my head emoji type thing. And, I mean, at this point, I, I said a couple of weeks ago that I thought, you know, Dame, I, th- I thought that the, I thought that the, that Dame was just kind of a known a known commodity that people didn't really you know there weren't any questions I thought about Damian Lillard anymore I thought I thought people kind of understood it but I guess I was wrong and I mean this is this is quite uh this is a little bit ridiculous in terms of the disrespect it's almost like you know, I'm the conspiracy brain in me is like, are are Dame's people telling ESPN to not include him so that they can get the the the, the grudge happening? But uh, I don't know. I don't think that that's happening. I think they just forget about it because it's Portland, it's Dame, and when push comes to shove and they need to put a new person on there, they're gonna keep Steph, they're gonna keep Ray Allen, and they're gonna keep a bunch of those guys, but they're not gonna keep Dame and. He hasn't shot that great this season. You know, his his three-point percentage isn't where it is at for his career, but he also shoots at a higher volume. And Casey Holdall actually talked to Dame about that last night. Here's what uh, Dame said to Casey Holdall. He said, obviously, I don't think I'm Michael Jordan, but he wasn't known for being a shooter. He's known for his greatness, but not for what he did behind the arc. So I think it cancels out anybody saying these are the best shooters ever, but the numbers prove it. You look at the record they were talking about. I was the previous record holder, so it only makes sense that I would be there if you're talking about the record. Single season threes for a rookie. He holds that record. Most threes in the first two or three seasons. I hold that record. First six years with 100 threes in a season. There's a lot of stuff that says that Dame is a very prolific shooter, a great three-point shooter, a guy with range, and I'm not going on and on about this is not Dame talking anymore. This is just me. But, uh, I mean, yeah, this is pretty disrespectful. Like, on on the All-Star stuff, like Lonzo Ball getting more votes than Dame, like, whatever. I mean, the first episode of Ball in the Family has 26 million views. Ball has is like he's ahead of Dame on jersey sales. The Lakers are their own economy. So to to measure Dame against the Lakers hype machine and the Ball family hype machine, which is its own animal, is is, is a losing battle. Like do do not lose sleep over that. And and don't lose sleep over this either because sleep is important. But this is BS. Like, to not include Dame on this when he was the record holder. He was the guy that passed Steph Curry. He is the one that's been on this path, making threes every year. He's there every night. He's durable, all this stuff. But if you're talking about prolific shooters getting there in a quick way, you know, Dame had that previous record before Lori Markinen, and they totally just 
forgot about him, and that was that was pretty crappy, I thought, because you know you guys are the you know the 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 gatekeepers of sports knowledge at ESPN. They're the people that kind of distribute it to the masses, and you know Dame has been in the league six years now, and 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 it's pretty messed up that he's not getting even a very basic level of recognition on some of the stuff that he's done in his career. And I think that that is way more, it's something to get more mad about than about Lonzo Ball having more all-star votes than him. So we're going to look ahead now to Indiana in a moment. So the Indiana Pacers are in Portland on Thursday. It's going to be uh, a tough game. The Eastern Conference has gotten better, and the Pacers are one of the reasons why they have gotten better. Everyone thought that the, the Pacers were kind of done. At least I did. I didn't think that the Paul George trade was very good. When it happened, I thought, hey, wouldn't Portland's package of Mo Harkless and uh, some other things have worked better for the Paul George deal and apparently not because Victor Oladipo has really come on here and and, and showed the pedigree of being the number two pick and it, it it took a while I didn't really like him last year in Oklahoma City I know a lot of people put that on Westbrook and being maybe not that inclusive of a star when it comes to sharing the ball and getting people involved but the, the Pacers have a really good team. They they spread you out, and this is going to be a really interesting matchup for Portland because Portland is a little bit bigger than most teams, especially in the middle with Nurkic. And playing Indiana it, it, it can can be you know a little bit of a, a fast-paced thing. I mean, most teams now, they play at a faster pace. They... they, they, they they speed things up. Pace and space is is the name of the game now. But uh, the the Pacers do it really well, which coached by Nate McMillan, I don't think you would expect. But that's the team that they've been this year. They've been fun. They've been getting out in the open. They 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 really have a, a great time playing, and it's really fun to actually watch them, uh, which is what I thought you know this Blazers team would be. But I think it's good for the NBA that the entire NBA is getting a little bit better. The quality of play is a little bit better, but. As far as looking at Indiana in this matchup, they're going to run. DeMontis Sabonis is going to be in, the, in at center instead of Miles Turner. And one of the things that Sabonis is really good at early in his career is running the floor, attacking the glass. And that's going to be something for Portland to watch is Sabonis running down the floor, beating them down the floor, and, and beating them in position for offensive rebounds. The Pacers get up threes. They run. And... Oladipo's obviously the number one guy you've got to watch out for, but Sabonis is really solid. Thad Young is a really solid veteran. Bojan Bogdanovic can shoot it from three, so they're going to space you out. Darren Collison's is still a speedster. He's still got that first step and can get to the basket. Then you look at their bench, and they actually have a pretty solid bench when you look at it. Corey Joseph, veteran point guard that can come in, score, make plays. He's shooting the three well this year. You have Lance Stevenson, who's a playmaker, a big defender, and a guy that can attack the rim and, and, and also disrupt things on the defensive end. Al Jefferson, who can post up still as a, as a six-man type high-usage big man. And then you have rookie TJ Leaf, who's also not bad and ha has been pretty solid this year. And so 
this Indiana team is going to come in and really test them. And the, the Pacers won't have Miles Turner, their star center, who uh, I think is, is kind of grouped in with the, the quote-unquote unicorn class of guys with Porzingis and, and, and those guys. I think Turner's really, really good. But uh, this Indiana team is going to be really tough. Portland is going to have to really play well defensively they did play well defensively in the last matchup against the Pacers in Indiana back in October the Blazers got a win in that one but uh I think it's going to be a tough game so until next time Blazers Pacers will catch you tell your friends about the podcast give us a five-star review and we'll see you next time